to the Curious Goat Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Carlsvin, and we're going to be taking a deep dive into this enigma, this mysterious black box that is curiosity. Curiosity, what is it? How does it work? And why is it important? You know, curiosity is one of the most powerful tools we have at our disposal as human beings. Think about this. When we are in a state of curiosity, our ability to learn skyrockets. And we don't just learn things, but we can recall them better and they become more meaningful to us. When things are changing around us, we're presented with new challenges, a new situation, something we've never faced before. It can be easy to just say, hey, I'm going to retreat back to my familiar, stick with what I know. But curiosity is the key for those people who can lean into these new challenges, for the people who sometimes even enjoy changing circumstances around them and eventually come to master these new and changing situations. Looking at it from maybe a higher perspective throughout history, if you look at these key creative works and innovative breakthroughs that have changed the world and you really look at how they happened, they really start with a seed of curiosity in so many cases. Another thing about curiosity that I find fascinating is how it helps us to connect with other people. It can be easy to look at somebody who appears to have different values than us or appears to just think differently or maybe just gets on our nerves and want to just kind of insulate ourselves from them. But but with a curious mindset, you're able to not just put up with those kind of people, but really have a genuine interest in them and to build a true, sincere bridge. And these curious people who build these bridges, they are able to see so many different kinds of perspectives as they connect with these people who have different experiences and just think differently than them. But all too often, we talk about curiosity as if it's something happening to us. Think about it. When you go to a movie, you say, oh, that movie was really good. It was exciting. It was interesting. Or it was boring. Or it didn't make sense. Same thing we do with books. You start reading a book after five minutes, like, oh, man, this is the worst book ever. You put it down. You never start reading it again. Or maybe you're at a party and you're with one group of people, hilarious stories, funniest group. You could be entertained with them all night. And then you go talk to some guy in the corner. And after two minutes, you're just bored out of your mind, looking around the room, trying to figure out a way to get out of this boring conversation. That's the way we often see things like this group was interesting. That guy was boring. This movie was amazing. That movie, so confusing. I didn't like it. That book, oh, so boring. Notice the pattern in all of those things. It's like we're saying anything that makes us interested or curious or bored is outside of our control. It's the things that are acting on us. But what if we turn that around and say, do I have any control? in what I'm interested in or not, in what catches my curiosity or not. Kind of like this curiosity is in the eye of the beholder. So I wanted to know if that if that was true. Like, could, could we look at curiosity uh, from, from the lens of the person is curious and how does a person become more curious and how effective can that be? To answer this question, for me, 
I used it in language learning. So I love learning languages. I don't speak a lot of them. I speak English, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, and one other language that I'm going to share with you in this story. I wanted to know if I could become genuinely curious about a language, even if from, from the beginning, it did not seem interesting. It was not interesting. It was boring, did not seem worthwhile, any of these things that we talk about, about to, to describe something that's not catching our curiosity. So I made a list of 10 languages. Mostly it was the, the most widely spoken languages in the world. And so it had things on it, like it had German, it had Italian, um, had Portuguese, it had Mandarin Chinese, it had Arabic, it had Japanese. And I ranked these 10 languages based on how interesting they seemed based on how much, really how much I wanted to learn when I thought about it. And at the very bottom of the list was French. So French, I don't want to offend any French listeners, but at that time, French was just seemed like a language I didn't see any point in learning. I It didn't seem interesting. It almost seemed like against. I thought about France and uh, I'd never been to France, but I thought about all the stereotypes, you know, people in Paris being really into fashion or food or maybe the stereotype that they don't like Americans or any of those kind of things. And I, when I looked at it as a whole, I, my interest level was very low. Uh, French did not, was not interesting me at the time. So I looked at that list, French at the very bottom, and I said, okay, this is the test. This is the test. Can French become interesting to me? Can I become curious about French? Or is French just always going to be in this category of uninteresting to me? Now, I'm not going to give you all the details for what happened, but this to make a long story short, I spent the next year studying French. And I think that's the, the first evidence that curiosity can be in the eye of the beholder just to do that just to study a language and i'm not i'm talking about really studying like really coming to speak it not just some of this like hey i'm gonna use some language learning app for five minutes every once in a while like no i might my goal was to be able to speak it to become conversational in french so that was the first evidence just to be able to study it every day for a year but throughout my studies, I was using all these principles of curiosity and designing my whole learning strategy around not like memorizing grammar principles or memorizing vocabulary, although that was part of it. But the whole goal was in my whole strategy, I'm going to do everything I can to make this most fun, most curious, most interesting experience possible. And so at first I had to put on a lot of extra things with it. Like I would, I would make sure that the content I was studying was something was just about topics that I liked. Or if I was watching YouTube and these YouTubers, it had to be about things that I liked. And it was, it was almost like making it as fun as possible as as you're going along and if it wasn't fun or boring I'd, I'd analyze why was this boring and how can we change it to make it better but you know what happened and it happened fairly quickly as I continued to do that these moments of curiosity and true interest in the language and French culture and the things I was learning they started to to really become like genuine like I wasn't I didn't feel like I was forcing myself to 
to have a to to enjoy this. I wasn't forcing one. I wasn't forcing myself to study every day because that that's a crapshoot. If you're trying to force yourself to study a language every day that you hate, if if you have had success with that, I want to hear it. I want to talk with you because I've never met somebody who's really really been successful if they're miserable every time they're they're learning something. But as I continued on this path down French, I had these moments of true interest where it was it felt so sincere like I'm so here's an example I love hiking right I love mountaineering backpacking just anything in nature especially with mountains I was over in Nepal doing the Everest base camp trail and here's something that I didn't I think I realized it before but it just didn't come to mind how many French people love mountaineering in my mind all, all of France was, was Paris, you know, no mountains, Eiffel Tower, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I never thought about mountains, but I was like, oh, it's so obvious. So much of France is mountains. So much of mountaineering has been done by the French. And so when I'm in Nepal doing this base camp trail, I met so many French people. And when I had this ability, this little ability to converse in French, now I wasn't, I wouldn't say fluent, but I would say conversational. So I could have conversations, understand 90% and communicate just about anything basic, right? When I met these French people on this trail it, and being able to communicate with them and we were doing something we both we both loved, suddenly it was like this light bulb, just like boom, this connection with these people. In those moments, it wasn't at all forced. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just, I'm just talking to these people because I have to learn French. It was like, no, I really like this. I really want to get to know these people. And this is awesome. And how cool is it that I can talk with them? So I had so many experiences like that, just that weren't expected, that really started to drive my true interest in French. And so that that's what happened. That's the power of curiosity. And now, I mean, I got to be honest, I'm focusing on getting my Portuguese better right now. And so my French has kind of gone downhill. But whenever I hear, I can still understand it and I can still speak the basic. And the point is, whenever I hear French and ever, whenever I see it, it's like this this kind of connection. Like I want to understand it. I enjoy it. You know, even when I'm, when it, this just happened the other day, I was, I was, I ordered something off of Amazon and it had the little instruction manual in eight different languages and one of them was French. And so that's the one I read for, for learning it. And, and it's, I would never have done that before. And it, the point is, look, we have so much more power and I don't want to, I hesitate to say control over our curiosity because I really like the idea of cultivating it because for for true curiosity, you can't force that. It's 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 just, you know, it's like planting a garden. You can create the environment for the seed. You can you can give it water, you can give it sunlight, you can give it you can nourish it. But the most amazing thing is, is when you see that seed of curiosity sprout. And that's the most exciting. It's like curiosity takes on a life of its own. And it's the opposite of feeling forced to learn something. It's the opposite of being forced to face some challenge or face the unfamiliar. It's something you want to do and you're excited about it. Now think about what that would be like for you. If you could cultivate your curiosity in any direction, I've thought about, you know, there's, I've worked with people, I've coached people and trained people on this. And it's interesting to see all the variety of areas people can do it for. I mean, a lot of people have used it for school, college courses or high school or anything like that. It's excellent for those kind of things to become truly interested and to become excited about what you're doing and to do things in a way that make you excited. But it works in a lot of other areas too. Like if, if you get promoted, 
promoted to become a manager, that for a lot of people can be tough. It can, it, it means suddenly you're doing a different kind of work. You have to be working with people. Maybe there's office politics you have to worry about. Maybe you have to be doing more public speaking. All these new and unfamiliar things that might not seem that interesting. They might scare you to death. But if you can design it in a way and start cultivating curiosity for those things, you know, what if what if some of those things have the potential to become your favorite things or become the most meaningful things you do or just add to a more richer experience at work? There's a million different ways you can point your curiosity. What I'm here to do is share some of those ideas. That's why I created this podcast. I want to delve into this idea of curiosity and and give something useful um, for whoever's out there listening to it to say, hey, you can direct your curiosity wherever you want, wherever you think is most meaningful. And if you feel, if you don't even know where that direction would be, I would say meaningfulness is part of curiosity and you can even cultivate that into what you're doing. If, if you have no idea where to go, if you are just, maybe you felt had faced a life change, maybe you just retired from something, retired from work, or maybe you've moved to a new area and you're having a struggle adapting, or maybe you just want to try something new that you've never done before, but you don't know where to start or it makes you a little nervous. Whatever your situation or what you want to do, the message I want to bring is that you can cultivate curiosity, interest, and passion for anything you want to explore. If you want to develop the skill of growing curiosity and to reignite your sense of wonder in what you do, I invite you to continue listening to this podcast. I think you'll like it.